Declan Rice. Many of you always asking me about him because I can confirm it's true that many clubs still have Declan Rice. He's super appreciated on the market. Arsenal internally, they really appreciate the player and discussed Declan Rice as one of the players they like in that position. Same for Chelsea. We know the connection between Chelsea and Declan Rice. So these clubs have already discussed internally about Declan Rice. At the moment, nothing has been discussed with West Ham, uh, and a lot will depend on West Ham, how much they will ask in the summer, but Declan Rice and the feeling around Declan Rice is very clear. Summer 2023 is going to be the opportunity for Declan Rice to try something Welcome to the first episode of the Hammering Away podcast. I'm going to be your host, Jack Coogan. You can find me at Jack Zini on Twitter with a V instead of an A. So that's at J-V-C-K-Z-I-N-I. Um, and today I'm joined by Joe LaFort. Uh, introduce yourself to the people. My name is Joe. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at 72 Naya Bullstar. <laughs> Just um, the most ridiculous at... But yeah, just really excited to get this started. This has been years in the making, so should years. Be oh well, I guess yeah. There was podcasting class in college when we had mm-hmm. to do something similar to this. That podcast was terrible. So hopefully this goes better. It's true. Practice makes for the better. record. I did not do that bad in that class. I actually got an A in that class, but I feel like everybody You're got welcome. an A in that class. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it without. An absolutely dynamic co-host. Um, how are you today on this fine Tuesday evening? I'm doing all right. A little under the weather, but uh, I'm excited to talk West Ham. Under the weather? Well, you, you heard me sneezing before the show. You were sneezing before the show. You got to get that out of your system, man. Yeah, you were... Uh, change of the seasons. I don't know if that happens in England, but... Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, no, I've been sneezing too. I think I'm becoming allergic to pollen. You were also complaining about Google Chrome, which is interesting. That would be the first question I would like to pose on the podcast is, do you use Chrome or Safari? And the listeners can give us the verdict. The civilized population of our of our, of our viewership, I'm sure. If we're, if we're worth a damn, we'll say Safari unequivocally is the better browser. But we don't got to get into that on the show. We can just get right into it. All I'm saying is that Without Google Chrome, this would not be possible. But so we just heard that clip from Fabrizio Romano talking about Declan Rice is ready for a new challenge. This has been probably a long time in the making. He's been rejecting contracts for years, but the summer is almost upon us when all of these rumors finally probably come to fruition and he makes his way out. What are your initial thoughts on that? Well, yeah, it has been a long time coming. It's it's felt like years since the first time I he truly became too good for West Ham, in yeah. a sense. Uh, I mean, every summer since like Pellegrini's first year, we've been talking about him leaving, and he really he's really given us more than he's had to, and now the day is, is finally upon us. I definitely agree. He's given us more than he's had to, quote unquote. But I will also say that. I think from a standpoint of just Declan Rice and like him as an individual player, I think 
he's handled himself perfectly in terms of his development because he could have easily left when he was 19 after that first Pellegrini season. He could have left the year after when we were really down and Moyes came in and saved us, which we'll get into if he's got, if he can make magic happen the third time. But um, I think just from a development standpoint, he's done himself a lot of favors because, I mean, would you say he was our best player when he was 19? I mean, what year was that? That was uh, the first Pellegrini season with Arnautovic and Felipe. And I mean, he was certainly up there. He's probably our most important player, considering yeah. how bare that position has been over the years. Before he he um you know cemented himself as an everyday starter. I mean, he's just he's immense from the first time he stepped on the field for us. Uh, besides the mistake against Arsenal in twenty seventeen, was that? Yeah, and the mistake against Newcastle in his first ever Premier yeah, League start the year before, but uh, he's great. Since then, I think yeah, it was twenty. It was the year. It was under Billich, no? Yeah, but it was the same season. It was like August under Billich. Billich, I remember he said goodbye to the team after that game, and then get sacked for another two months. But yeah, is... I mean, Declan Rice, man, what, what what more can you say about him? I mean, a lot of he gets a lot of hate. Uh, on Twitter these days, from you too. Well, that's because I'm an yeah, I'm an emotional guy. But yeah, emotions are being put aside for right now. Um, looking back on his uh, on his career, I mean, he's he's truly been one of the best players in the history of this of this uh, storied ball club. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's gonna be sad. It's gonna be weird to see welcome him back to London Stadium. I'll tell you that much. I was thinking that because it's been such a long time coming for him like this leaving thing every summer, every window, really. It's, oh, Chelsea, this, Arsenal, Arsenal are now involved. I think, personally, I think he's going to end up at Arsenal. Um, I mean, United have registered interest before. But now that he's actually going, I think welcoming him back or just seeing him in a different shirt will be so weird. And, like, obviously we all wish he would end his career here, but I agree. I'm going to have nothing but good things to say about him, no matter how ugly this summer gets. At this point, I mean, like between like the journeys in Europe, if he could go out with a conference league trophy, I like would wish him well. And hopefully we get, I was going to say three figures, nine figures. Um, what do you think the fee will be? Um, like, what, what do you think? Not what, what do you hope? Like, what do you genuinely think the fee will be? And then how would you go about replacing him? I genuinely think that we will get at least 100 million pounds for Declan Rice. I mean, that's that's been, you know, the club's been pretty uh, adamant on getting the, you know, nine figures for him. Um, I'm sure that if they were willing to budget that, budge at that, uh, that number at any point, he wouldn't be a West Ham player anymore. Um, and I think that, you know, the interest is out there. Like you said, Three teams have already put their, you know, hat in the race: United, Arsenal, and Chelsea. I wouldn't be too surprised if City came in and and um, you know made it a little more interesting. Or even, you know, um, I saw a report today that said that uh, Tuchimani is out of favor at Madrid. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. Oh, yeah, That's total crazy. speculation, but still, like the, I mean, the interest is going to be there. He's an England in England international, their most important player outside of Harry Kane. Um, I, I just can't see it being less than 100. I know everyone wants to pretend like it's going to be like 60 or 80, 
60 is nonsense. No, yes, he is nonsense, but I, I I think we'll get what we want for him. I've talked a lot about that I think 80 million might end up being the price, but I just think, I mean, United obviously have Casemiro now, and they're probably going to cool their interest and have cooled their interest at just, at least from what we get to see. Um, Madrid's an interesting one because, like, that's always been the dream is if we can get, sell him to Madrid and we never have to play him again. Um, and But, like, I guess it depends what Ancelotti thinks about him. But I do think I agree with you that we're going to get $100 million. I think that we're going to ask for, like, 120 130 140 150 especially seeing Enzo's price. I think we're going to see that price. We're going to get, like, comically large, like, pound sign eyes. Um, but I, I don't think that. I think he'll go for less than Enzo did just because of where his contract is at. I think $100 million gets it done. And I think that it's Arsenal, honestly. Um, and... For me, personally, uh, you can let me know what you think about this. We've talked about this before. I think that the only way to go about replacing him, you have to replace him with two different players. Like, he brings us so much from a standpoint of, like, being able to play as a six, like, winning the ball back, breaking up counterattacks, like, controlling games to an extent, especially before we signed Paqueta, like, when Lanzini's not playing. Um, But also his ball carrying and, like, his ability to move the ball up the pitch and just all the things he brings us in an attacking sense, which goes under the radar. He's really played as an eight for us over the last three years, besides like when we finally switched to this four, three, three that we've been playing recently. Um, So while he is one of the best number sixes in the world, he kind of hasn't played that role for us in a while. So I think that you have to replace him with two players. Personally, I would want hopefully everything go down. And I would go after Amadou Onana, who, like, we know we have interest in. We had interest in him last summer. He's had a good season at Everton. Um, He would be able to bring, like, some of, like, Rice's, it almost is forgotten about how freakishly athletic he is. He's so long, like, he can run, he's strong. So I think with Onana, you can replace that athleticism and he can run with the ball, too. He's, like, not as bad on the ball as people would have wanted you to believe last summer and I think he's proven that at Everton um and then you have to also get a guy who can sit and at that point you're probably thinking about a Romeo Lavia a Tyler Adams um and there's a few other guys that I know you mentioned on Twitter I'm blanking on them right now but there's one that you mentioned that I was really interested in uh I I did mention first of all I 100% agree on Onana you know, he's just a physically, he's just a one of a, one, truly one of a kind player. And, you know, he slots in perfectly for Suchek. He does everything, you know, you wish Suchek does, who, who he might do in theory, but, you know, covering ground, being physical in the duels, um, winning the ball in the air, uh, kind of being that uh, late arrival into the box. When they beat, was it Arsenal earlier in the season, Everton? Every goal kick was sent up to Onana. Every single one. I think it was Arsenal. It was Deitch's first game. Yeah. It was every single goal kick. It was sent up to Onana, and he won the ball. He flipped it on every single time, which is something that we always try to do with Suchek. And, I like, it works sometimes. Like, you have to win some headers at 6-5. Mm-hmm. But, like, and not saying that Onana is going to come in and do that every time. But, like, we're not really lo- – I don't think we're losing anything by getting rid of Suchek. Just in general, I think that 
even if you lose some aerial presence, like the return that you're getting in every other facet of the game. And we can talk about him later, but he sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Onata is just like, he's an upgrade in just about every facet. Um, isn't he? I really wish we could have got him along with Paqueta in um, in the summer. But back to um, back to the issue of who we're going to get as a six, I did mention on Twitter, um, uh, Sporting, I mean, no, I'm sorry, uh, Sociedad's um, Martin Zubamendi. Uh, it's a guy we spoke about. He's very, you know, very cool on the ball. Um, you know, he wins the ball back. Uh, he's like a true six. He was actually targeted by Arsenal in the winter. Um, he actually rejected that move because he wanted to. He wanted to finish the season at Sociedad, but in the summer, if he is open to a move and Arsenal pick up Rice, there's no reason why we can't be, um, you know, right there in for him, um, along with. Um, Manuel Agarte, who show um, of Sporting, who uh, just showed out against Arsenal uh, in the Europa League. Um, Ismail Benacer, who I'm a big fan of. Um, I don't think we can get him though, right? That's a pipe dream. He also just uh, just renewed his contract, but he's a player I had pegged for a long time as like a guy who we might um, replace Rice with. Um, Tyler Adams, I think, would be a more cost effective. Um, solution. I, I mean, think would, it, would he be though? They know, spent twenty million still, on him. Even if they go down, they're going to want to recoup twenty million. That's still very cost effective compared to what these other guys. Especially might when you're replacing a player at Declan Rice's level. I think that you're higher on Zubamendi than I am. On like, I I like him. He's cool. Uh, I do have questions about his physical stature i think playing next to anana like any player is going to benefit mm. from that from a physical standpoint he obviously can pass the ball i think a lot of it depends on who the manager of the team is um but yeah i think i would prefer someone like adams or lavia to azubamendi ugarte is also a very good player um but i think what a lot of people are going to have to accept is that this is not going to be a seamless process like no matter who is brought in, even if they're a pretty solid player, they're gonna be maligned really, just because they can't do what Declan Rice can do. Like I think that a lot, like you alluded to it earlier before, how bare the defensive midfield position was before Rice came through. We like were going crazy about Pedro Obiang the year before Rice's first full season under Billiger Moyes, and it's like. People forget how hard it is to find a truly like great defensive midfielder. It's probably one of the harder positions in the game to find. I mean, obviously a striker with the premiums that the premiums that they come at are even harder, but I can't think of many other positions more difficult to find a genuine top player than defensive midfield. And I think people forgot about that and it's gonna be a wake up call for a lot of people. You know, everybody likes to talk about, oh, like the Declan Rice test, how all these midfielders get compared to him and then immediately fall off the face of the earth. It's because, man, there are not there are very, very few elite defensive midfielders out there. I mean, there's Casemiro, there's Kimmich, there's Rice. Tuchemani is out of favor, but I mean, he's still a great player and he'll be fine. I think he'll figure it out. Fabinho lost in the past. Yeah, I mean, Fabinho's fallen off. Like, once you start going down the list, like... 
it's hard to think of three better than Rice. And I think that that will become even more abundantly clear when he does get this move because it's going to be a success. Like, let's be serious. Especially if he goes to Arsenal because, man. He fits at, them like a glove. And it, you look at Arteta's track record. He he develops players like like no one I've ever seen in, in really any sport. I mean, like, look at Enketia, like what about I him? mean, that's that's a okay. strong claim. That Arteta develops play develops players unlike anyone you've seen in any sport. Dude, he's only he's only been a head coach. He's only been the manager for what three three seasons now. I think he has a great eye for talent, but I it's mean, not like dude. And Kethy was out the door before they had some injury problems at striker last year, and he got a run of games and scored a few goals. But think about the reputation that he had before, you know, at the beginning of maybe. Uh, Arteta's, you know, tenure at Arsenal. He was a, he was like a fox in the box type guy. Now he's like a true elite. He's very active. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we look at Reese Nelson, uh, Granite Jaka. These guys. But, had, but has Reese Nelson really? I mean, Jaka. I'll give you. He's like done wonders with Jaka. But like, it's not like Nelson has improved that much. He's. I mean, he scored that huge goal for them, and he's a decent player. I would easily take him at West Ham, but. I, I just like – and Arteta, I'm not saying he's bad at developing players. I think more than anything, his eye for signings at Arsenal, especially last summer, has been great. And I think it bodes well for Teclan Rice that they're interested. Um, mm-hmm. I also think Rice fits Chelsea like a glove just next to Enzo. Um, those two would complement each other very well. And obviously Enzo Fernandez is a big fan of Declan Rice. He looks up to him. He wishes he could be him. But sure. not everybody can do that. Um, so I guess that this is the summer is different in the fact that we used to be talking about, okay, we have to stay up to keep deck on race. Now it's like, even with European football, if we win the conference league, I can't see him staying. Maybe we go on a run finishing the champions league. Can we, uh, <laughs> can we mathematically finish in the champions league places? Probably not. No, we definitely not, can't. Not with David Moyes. We can. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Bring me Michael Carrick. We'll go on a run. But um, do you think we're going to stay up? That I guess that's just the question. Is do you think that this team will be in the Premier League next year? You know, obviously things have not looked good this summer, this year. Um, it's it's been really, really depressing just watching us go out every every single week. There's just so many teams down in the bottom that I just can't imagine that th- like. We're not going to be better than at least three of them. I mean, uh, we have there's what three points separating us and twelfth right now, which I think is Crystal Palace. Or they're they're terrible. Out of control. They're, they're terrible, man. It could very well be them. It could very well be be Palace. Be I mean, it could be South any Palace. of those eight, which I yeah. think in some ways bodes well, in other ways. That's exactly what makes me nervous is that these teams have shown an ability to go and get a big point when they need it. And I guess you could argue we do, oh, we want to wait in Newcastle and get a point, whatever. Um, But that's really what makes me nervous is that it could be any of those eight to the point where I think it's going to be so random and we've been so uninspired. And I mean, there's reports like coming out of like from X that the players don't believe in Moyes. I said this to you a while ago. This is the most scared I've been as, of the drop as a West Ham fan. I mean, I wasn't around in 2010, 2011. 
So, but like, I'm more scared of the drop this year than I was in 18, 19, 2019, 20, when we were on the same amount of points after this many games that we are now. More scared of the drop than I was in 17, 18. We don't have that savior and we don't have that new manager boost. Like, we don't have an Arnautovic. Moyes isn't going to go anywhere during the season. So, we're not going to get some kind of boost. Like, we don't have Mark Noble or like anybody like. I mean, Rice, like, is a good captain, or will be a good captain, but he has a lot to learn. Um, And I just think that with how random it's going to be, people underestimate the likelihood that we could find ourselves in the bottom three. I think there's a 19% chance of scoring the 538, which seems small, like, for Forrest, like, 40% and things like that. But one out of five is a pretty big chance of something as drastic of relegation happening. It's scary, man. It's very, very scary. And I think the week after the international break is really going to decide it for us. Southampton home, Fulham away, and Newcastle home. I think that that's a pretty defining stretch of our season. And if we lose two of those games and we don't, or we don't win one, we're in a lot of trouble. Cause then you really start to think, well, where are the points coming from? Cause we're running out of games First, to be like, okay, like we'll be fine, like we'll pick up points. Like, if we don't pick up four, five, six, seven points from those games, where are the points coming from? Right, and I mean, Aston the Aston Villa game at home after after dropping points in, in that game, it really felt like, well, now the math's getting a little scary because we're running out of time. You know, it's a home game against a bottom a bottom half side. I think they're bottom half at this. They're eleventh now. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're, dude. They looked on the beach, like they did not look like they wanted to be out there. Like, I think we we beat them on XG like two point five to like one point four, and at some point, like, it goes from being unlucky to this team can't finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a problem all year. Hopefully, with Skamaka and Cornet getting fit, fit, more attacking options, more clinical attacking options. Now maybe we can start putting away those chances, and I mean it would be a huge help. But I mean, it still remains to be seen. That's the thing is like a lot of the time, at least for us when it's come to survival, like it's not been about it's not been about a bunch of different guys chipping in with goals. It's been about one or two guys really catching fire and helping us stay up. I mean, you think about Arnautovic and Lanzini in seventeen eighteen. Like Marco Arnautovic was one of the best strikers I've ever seen put on this West Ham shirt, no matter how much money we spend on them. And, you know, people can cry about that if they want because of how it ended, but in the way he could play with his back to goal, the pace, the finishing, the link-up play, like... He Just was the edge he brought to the club, like... The edge! That's the thing. This team has no edge. There's no, like, there's no fire in the stomach. David Moyes can look into their eyes all he wants. There's nothing there. Um, they, but that's the is- thing, is, like, somebody's gonna have to catch fire whether it's Bowen, whether it's Cornet, whether it's Kamaka, whether it's your favorite Danny Ings, who like I certainly have more hope for. I think he's just a decent Premier League striker. You want him dead. I'm not claiming he was good against Villa or anything, but that he guy, has qualities that are good. Whether it's Antonio. I mean, Antonio did it a few years ago. I don't know if it's still in the bag for him, but it's got to be somebody. I, I mean, Ings... I don't even want to get into things because I'll get all hot. I'll get all mad. Say what you need to say. You I say mean, you don't want to be emotional. This is the best place to be emotional in front of 
10 to 15 people. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of the hammering away community, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just think Danny Ings was like a total waste of a signing. Uh, it's it's total embarrassment that he's a high. <laughs> An embarrassment, such a strong word to use for him that like he's a Premier League level striker. He scores goals. Like I'm not saying that he's great, but Antonio is going to go this number. My, I mean, not that I have zero issues with the signing. The wages are ridiculous. 150k a week for Danny Ings, which really you gave into those demands so he could be available for the Everton game. And then he doesn't even start the game, and Antonio has his best performance of the season. So, like, I think that the wages are ridiculous. I think it's a flawed sign in multiple different ways. But I also think, like, he does bring us something different. He is a true finisher poacher, which I know you hate. I mean, I'm also not the biggest fan of poachers. Like, you know, play the game, be a part of the game. But he gives us something different. Antonio is going to go. What's the problem with having Skamaka Ings? And, like, it's just signing an Antonio replacement. Who's better than Antonio, by the way, in advance? And then, like, Mubama is going to have time to break through. I mean, Ings is going to have little knocks that keep him out here and there. And you don't think Ings is better than Antonio? Oh, man, it's... it's at it's, this point, at, what has Antonio shown you at this point? I know he had a good performance against Larnaca, and, like, he... Still has a few of those in his bag every once in a while. Not the specific goal he scored, but like a decent performance. He's horrible the first half hour in that game before his goal. And he just like, I just think it's over for him. And like, he's still like probably a Premier League level striker, but he's, the time has come for him to go. His West Ham career is over as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no doubt. I'm not gassing up Antonio by any I know, but you really think that Ings isn't better than him? I, I truly think we're comparing shit with shit at this point. Right, man. I just think that, like, there are things Ings brings us. And you don't think that the way we play hinders Ings at all? The fact that everything we do in possession is triangles on the wing, try to get him across. That's not his game. And maybe it isn't, but, you know, I there we we faced a high line in Aston Villa. Plenty of space behind behind the back line. And... You know, he wasn't even, like, available making runs. Like, he was truly a ghost in that game. Like, you saw it when Cornet came on. It yeah, was, I mean, it was, the, the, the entire team transformed in the, like, eight minutes that Cornet was on the, on the pitch. And it wasn't even because he was playing with the ball or anything. It was just because he was, you know, being dangerous off the ball. Ings was really ball. not. Which I agree with. Like, and I thought Ings was horrible against Villa. I just think that, you know, there are things that Danny Ings brings to a team that are beneficial to us. And I just think that you're underestimating, like, that he can be a part of a good squad. I mean, goals are cool. Like, you know, the 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 Forest performance was pretty dang cool. But I mean, and like he can get involved in the play for the Forest goal. Um, I think it was his first one. He he started the move. He sprayed it out wide and then made the run from the halfway line to get into the box. Busted a gut, as they say. Antonio doesn't do that. I don't doubt Ings' ability to actually get on the ball, but he has to actually do it. Which His desire we haven't, to. we haven't seen. We haven't. We've only seen. Well, it. I mean, that's not what he does. But like, I just think that like we can't pick and choose when Moise's tactics are hindering this player, and this player just sucks. If that makes any sense. I agree with that, but I also think there was a very good reason 
for Aston Villa to part ways with him. And I think we're also seeing that here. Okay, I, that's a fair point. Um, but if Danny Ings isn't going to save us, who will? And if no one is, well, who's the bottom three anyways? But if no one is, who joins us in the championship next year? I'll start by saying, if anyone is going to save us this year, it's going to be Mr. Jared Bowen. I think that I, yeah. we've been in tough spaces before. Our back's been against the wall plenty of times since he's been here. And he has been the one to say, you know, give me the ball. Like, it's time for me to get my goal. He's been good recently. Like, he, since not making that World Cup squad, I think the performances have improved a lot. Absolutely. Even even when he was slumping, uh, that that yeah, since missing out, even missing out on the on the team before the World Cup, you know, he he started drawing penalties. I think he had, like drew like two or three penalties in a row. That was like his initial like uptick in form. Then he yeah, missed Liverpool. the one against Liverpool. I think he had a little down, mm-hmm. just like in confidence after that. Um, but I but, think I mean he has XG to cash in on. But he has four Premier League goals right now. I think he'll finish the season with like seven or eight. If he finishes mm-hmm. the season with eight, I think we're fine. Right. I, I yeah. I think that. I I think that his perfor the performances have, have largely been there, and it's time for the goals to catch up, which I I I hope and I I think they will. I, and as for the bottom three, I think. Um, hmm. I think Leeds will be down there for sure. You think Leeds are gone? I think Leeds are gone. I think that they're staying up, man. I've seen enough. They can score goals. They can, but I don't know. They just they seem to be for me at least the most hopeless down there. I kind disagree of, with that. I I just I just feel like I think the three most hopeless teams in the league include us. Really? I don't think – say what you need to say, but I think in terms of hopelessness, we are very much a part of that conversation. I okay. think we're more hopeless than Leeds. Um, I would say um, Bournemouth are going to be down there. Yeah, down. Um, I think Forrest the, – the, the luck has run out, and it's this last leg is going to show how truly terrible of a team that is. So Southampton – are staying in the league? You know, I have started I've been starting to think that they just might eke it out. Um that would I mean, be very special. Um what's the name of that new manager they hired after the other guy who was insane? I actually can't even think of his name, but they've been playing good for him um since he's gotten there. Especially with the the January signings that they've made. Um, yeah, no, there's a few good ones in there. His name is Ruben Sellers. Yes, yes, Ruben Sellers, and he um he has transformed them a little bit. They look, they're playing with a desire that we don't play with. I'll say that much. True. Um, but I will say I think that Bournemouth are going down. I think they'll finish bottom. I think their one win left in the season is us at the Vitality. We hate going there. If we win that game, we're staying up. I don't care what happens this week. Like, 
But I just cannot see. I don't think we'll get anything from that game. That game, every time we go there, it's a heartbreaker. We're terrible. And you have the Andy Carroll miss from like two yards out. You have the Callum Wilson handball goal. The only man who could save us from the Vitality Stadium is Dimitri Payet. And he did. Um, But I think that like they just don't have enough. I Mm -hmm. actually don't think they're that bad of a side. I just think that everyone else is better than them. Um, I think Forrest are gone. I think that it's run out. I mean, their home form might just help them, but I just think there's too many tough games left for them, right? If I'm thinking the fixtures correctly, uh, there's too many tough games left. And they're just not that good. And I think that they get a lot of undeserved love. I don't know why Steve Cooper gets so much love. Um, I don't really see anybody in that team who's going to keep a team up. I think Brennan Johnson's a good player. They seem to hate Emmanuel Dennis for some reason, even though he scored last week. So maybe he's going to get more of a run out. I think they made a few decent January additions too. But I just think, again, other teams are better than them. And I mean... The performance that they put up at our place was embarrassing. I know that we scored the four in the last 15 minutes, but I thought that whole game that we were very dominant. We should have scored, and that should have been the game where we finally broke this first 15-minute duck. Mm-hmm. So I think Bournemouth forced. And then I agree that Southampton look inspired, and I think that they're going to make a really good push at getting out of that bottom three. But I think that they're just going to come up against Sean Deitch for that last spot. And this time around, and this time around, Sean Deitch has the resources. He has better players. And while I would love for Everton to go down, nothing would make me happier. Um, and they really might. They're they're very bad, but I just think that Sean Deitch just gets you that one or two points that you need at the very end. And I don't think that Southampton have that in them. For me, I think you know Deitch is by far the most experienced manager in the bottom nine. Um, in terms of surviving these types of situations. Yeah. And uh, just going back to Southampton, just for a moment, uh, I, you know, I feel like if you asked me last week, I would have probably said Southampton is one of the nailed-on teams to go down. But, I mean, that, you know, that 3-3 performance against Spurs, you know, that feels like one of the games that you look back on the season after and you'd be like, man. I'll say something. That's why like, I think that we're going to finish 16th. That's why I'm so scared of us. How many of those performances have we had? Because every year we've been in trouble. You can go back to the 2019-20. You have the 3-2 against Chelsea that we won in the 90th minute. You have the Watford game with the Rice goal. I mean, Antonio scored four at Norwich. Like, you have those games like 17, 18. You look back at like, you know, we got a point at Sanford Bridge. We beat Southampton 3 0 at home in the same game week that we're playing them this time. And like, I mean, I guess there's the Forest game, but when you follow up the Forest game with a 4 0 defeat at Brighton, like, I haven't seen those performances from us. And that's another thing. You say leads are going down. Why is their 4 2 win at Wolves not considered that kind of performance to you? That was like the most ridiculous game of all time. That was just like. Didn't somebody got sent off for Wolves, right? At the end, I think it was. Um, right, yeah. Who was it? I forget who it was. I think it was that right back. Um, the young kid, maybe. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. But I don't know. Like-, like Leeds, just like it's chaotic. I I think that they have enough. We'll see. We will certainly see. I mean, it's it's super close, and it's it's gonna be. It's really hard to tell right at this point. Could be someone who we don't expect. Could be. I mean, wolves could be down there. Wolves are not out of it. They Leicester are wolves. not out of it. Um, I would love if they went down. I'm sick of them. Sick and tired of them. It would, I mean, objectively, it would truly be a sad thing for this great league to see them go down. No, it wouldn't, man. They can, no, it would not. They're not that historic of a club. If you could pick your ideal 20 Premier League clubs, are they a part of that 20? Yeah. Are they number 20 that gets in? I mean, if you like, they've been they just been have been such a quality side for the past decade. It's been almost no, dude. They were bad last year. Yeah, but since you know, COVID but- hit, after like when we came back for the twenty twenty one season, they have not impressed me in those three years. Since once Raul Jimenez broke his skull, it's been over. They won the FA Cup that season. No, they didn't. 18-19, they lost to a fucking – or not a fuck. Did they not beat Chelsea in – No, the- that was Le- – Leicester won the FA Cup. And yeah, the Wolves- we're not talking about West Leicester? I'm talking about Wolves. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck Wolves. I don't <laughs> – Yo, it's, like- clean, it's a clean podcast. I checked it off as not profane. Sorry. Cool. We, we both got our one in. I, I just said it. Yeah, I mean – I said I wouldn't get emotional, but I know we we're gonna talk about wolves. Sorry, dude. Wh- what did you think? Why would? Why did you think that we were talking about Leicester? Because we were talking. About, I I said Leicester. You said wolves. I said wolves and Leicester. Oh 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 oh! I, I didn't hear that. Okay, I was very confused. I think Leicester are fine. Yeah, they probably will be. You don't have. It comes back to what we were talking about with Mark Arnautovic before. You don't have a player as good as James Madison and go down. No matter how bad mm-hmm. you are, they'll be fine. It's true. Um, especially like they've been in more trouble before. They looked a lot worse last year. Moving on though to our under eighteen squad and this FA Youth Cup run. I mean, it's very exciting. I was looking at some of the past teams who have won this and who have gone to the final. And you have players like Chuck Wameka, who's at Chelsea now. He was at um, Aston Villa. I mean, there's this Chelsea squad that was absolutely stacked um, with Kyle Matsunodoy, Levi Cowill, Tino Livermento, all these players. Um, There was, uh, I mean, last year, Alejandro Garnacho, I think scored the goal to win it for Manchester United, or he had a brace to win it for Manchester United. And even when you go back to the last West Ham team who got this far, you see like the likes of Joe Cole and players like that. So it's very exciting to see a team go this far because if you remember Mark Noble talking about how some of these under 21s who were sold in January, like Angelo, who just came out with those quotes that it hurt, which is sad to see, but you know, it's a business, these things happen. Game is the game. The game is the game. Um, 
it's inspiring to see like kind of what they seem to be doubling down on showing some dividends now at such a young age. And, you know, when you look at how teams in the final, these players have genuinely gone on to be Premier League players and to play minutes for these teams, it gives you some hope for guys like Mubama and guys like George Earthy and guys like Reagan Clayton and guys like Lewis Orford and all these players. I mean, Christian Hedgy, who's their captain, just got called up to the uh, Hungarian national team, the senior team. And he hasn't even made a senior appearance for us yet, or as far as I know, anywhere. So it is pretty exciting seeing this team go that far. Yeah, I mean, it's really a talented bunch, and it's 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 plainly obvious when when you watch the games. I mean, you watch them more than I do, so like, I'm very interested in what you have to see about them. I'm very excited to watch this Southampton tie. Is that who they play next? In the they play Southampton on April sixth at the Bowl. I will be there, no matter what. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the team is just supremely talented. I mean, we we've had we've had you know, uh, I guess generations of 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 like academy players who have been like hyped up by the fan base. I don't think they quite looked exactly like this. I mean, they're they're competing at the highest level um, out of their age group. I mean, you have Mubama, who already has a senior goal. He scores every game he plays in, and no matter what level it's at. And you just think, like, what, like, what the output is one thing. And, you know, we've seen Odebeku and, you know, bums like Sonny Perkins score for fun. Down there. <laughs> I'll tell you he, one guy who's not going to keep leads in this league, Sonny Perkins. <laughs> but my point is, more important than the output is you is you just think like where like what do you need from a striker from a professional striker and i think mobama has it all i think it was all on display not only down there against goddamn ipswich u18 it was also it was also plainly obvious on a field of senior players against larnaca i think he did I not look out of place in our squad in the slightest against larnaca against darby um, when he played uh, against was it FSCB in Romania, and he had this goal stolen from him that he said they can't take this one away from me now. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing you mentioned it when we talked about the game, he genuinely looked improved since the first we saw him this season. Like from a technical standpoint, he looks improved. Um, from the way we play, I remember when he came on against Arsenal for his long Premier League minutes, he. And he presses the hell out of that ball. He runs, and then he runs those channels. He's so active off the ball. He runs those channels. Obviously, there is some to be desired with his technical ability, but there have been plenty of strikers before him, especially in that mold. I'm not saying Holland's bad technically, but, like, you know, you look at strikers. I'm going to say that this is his mold. You look at, like, Holland. You look at um, Lukaku. I mean, Holland's different than some of the other guys I'm going to name, but because, like, he can poach. I mean, he's just like a ridiculous player, but like Holland in theory can play this role that I'm talking about where you just run the channels, you work hard, you press, you hold the ball up, you get your player, you play with your back to goal, you get guys involved in play. I know Holland hasn't done that a bunch at city, but I mean, you don't really have to when you play with those players. And I'm Mm. sure that Pep doesn't want him coming deep to link the play up. He has enough guys who can build the ball up, but like Holland, Lukaku, Oshiman, Antonio, um, 
what was the name of the guy who used Marega, who used to be at Porto, like guys in that mold who run the channels who like can be physically imposing. I mean, forget he's only 18. Looks like a grown man out there. He's going to put weight on. Like he, he's a kid. He really he turned, is. He turned 18, what, in December? I He turned 18, I believe. Before November, the, November. November. Oh, was it in November? That's. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, um, he's. I thought I thought Ocean Man was a great, uh, obviously, long way to go before you can mention him. With, yeah, yeah. I think play style wise, they're the most similar, just because mm-hmm. he's not as like you know big and stocky as guys like Antonio Morega and Lukaku, um, and obviously nobody's really Holland from an athletic standpoint. But with Ocean Man, like they're both lanky, a little skinnier, but like still physically imposing. They can run with the ball. They like to drift wide. I think in the little bit we've seen of Mubama, he loves getting out on that right-ish side and kind of cutting yeah. in. Um, we, we saw. I mean, he's had a few under eighteen goals cutting in on his left uh, from um, starting from the right wing. Um, he had that shot against Larnaca. Had like right. four step overs and cut in. Like as soon as he came on the pitch, I was like, this guy thinks he belongs. Like he's his confidence has got to be. Through the roof right now. Oh, it's gotta be the most confident player at the club, probably the way things are going. He just might be. I mean, those stepovers that was that was very very clean, and I honestly don't know if we would have seen that, you know, in the preseason this season, or you know, just just in the first half of the season before the World Cup. That's a player who everything they're doing is coming off, and they think Mm -hmm. it's just gonna keep happening. And I mean, he's working at it too. He's improved so much in such a short period of time. I don't think anybody would have known this guy's name two years ago. Obviously, he's 16, so who would know his name? But at the same time, like, we've heard 16-year-olds be mentioned on podcasts before, especially, like, with X talking about what kind of players the club likes. And Moyes has talked about his attitude. Moyes, like, Moyes is not one to randomly just talk up players. And every time he's been asked about Mubama, he speaks really highly of him, which whether you think he's going to be here long term or not, I would say is a very good sign for not only Mubama as a player and his qualities there, but his qualities as a worker and as just someone who's willing to put that work in and like coachable and all those fun things. Uh, one thing I'd be interested to get your thoughts on since you do watch the youth teams more than I do. Who, who are the three, the top three players that you would be excited for? Is this now, is this, just the U18s or yeah yeah the, the players the players who have been a part of this youth cup run because I know that there are a few others who are a bit older like Levi Lang who some people like um but I'm talking Lizanne. about yeah Lizanne. um but these under 18s who have been making this run from what you've seen who do you like the most I think Mubama straight away yeah just, you know incredible player uh, he, he he just may as well be the our third striker next year, which is super exciting. Um, he yeah, honestly he should be. I don't see any reason for him not get that chance. Yeah, um, Oliver Scarls obviously. Yeah, um, I really forgot to mention him. He's a special special player. He's seventeen I, yet. He's turned seventeen. He is, I I I truly do not even think he's seventeen yet. I think he might have just turned seventeen. Yeah, he yeah he's freshly seventeen. When's his birthday? December twelfth. The fact he played in that conference league game when he was sixteen and 
was like the best player in the pitch. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I don't care who the opponent was. Unequivocally the best player on the pitch. He was man of the match. And like I couldn't tell you anybody who played better than him that day. I agree. I agree. I mean, he seems to be like that. Like he seems to be, I mean, I might be gassing him up a little bit, but he, he's almost like a Trent on the left. Like a guy who can, you know, play those Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a little bit of a crazy comparison, but he is a central midfielder by trade, and he looked great on the left. He created so many chances that game. He had an assist, didn't he? He, he almost he, had an assist. He had a pre-assist, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he had a few uh, big chances created that were missed. Um, but, man, he's just a cre- like a huge creative output – uh, not only that, I mean, he progresses the ball through the lines like it's nothing. I mean, he's just truly a reliable player to have on the flank. And he's so young, he can put on the weight, and like I would love to see him being playing in the central midfield for us one day. I mean, I would really love that. He's he's just so young to think that his twenty fifth birthday is eight years away. <laughs> That's the craziest thing. Because he's just dude. So like, I'm gonna be twenty five and. A year and a half. Like, this kid is playing for what? Like, that. it's crazy to think about things like that. And there's really no way to talk about how his development is going to go. Nobody really knows what happened with um, Jamal Baptiste, who was very highly rated um, when he was 16, 17. And I still think he's a very great talent when we've seen. But the way Moyes talked about it, it seems like something is very wrong. Um, one way or another. Not going to speculate on what that is, but it seems like things are very wrong with him. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's, he's and tremendous. Honestly, talent. hopefully he is all right. Um, but moving on from him, your third player. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be Reagan Clayton. I mean, he, he is all another left back. He's been good for him um, recently, too. Yeah, I mean, he... You know, we say all this good stuff about Oliver Scarls. I mean, it's easy to just, you know, turn on the your the game, the live stream, and it pops you know, off. He pops. If, if if you don't know any better, you think you're watching Scarls. I mean, they they are pretty similar players, and you know, they're just both in, like a lot of the similar traits with like putting in those final balls. Um, they're both like, I mean, Clayton. He said his uh. His idol is a lot is Alfonso Davies, which um oh man, which obviously is not the, not the same athlete. Yeah, no, I mean who is? But, but I like he, that. I like that a lot. No, yeah, you you definitely see the intent, the the attacking, you know, the attacking philosophy that that he plays with, and it's it's truly exciting. Um, I think that you know having a guy on the uh, at fullback who is can be like a creative output. We see all the elite teams. They, there are a lot of their chances come from that, you know, area of the pitch, whether it be a, a, a midfielder like De Bruyne, you know, leaking out to the right and putting balls in, or you know, out, Trent Alexander Arnold, or Obviously, Alfonso Davies, or Alfonso Davies. I mean, we're talking about elite, elite, elite players, but and I think we're gonna see that trend continue when uh, Mr. Gusto is at Chelsea next season. And I mean, oh, yeah. they already rely on these games a lot and on Chilwell when he plays. I mean, they all hate Kukurea probably for justified reasons the way he's looked this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I had to pick my third one, it would be George Earthy. I mean, the way – it's just like when I watched him, 
it's the way he runs with the ball and moves with the ball. He just runs and moves with the ball like a player who plays at the top level. Like sometimes, like you can tell, and it's almost kind of like how like when you watch Suchek play, you can tell like he's not a top level player mm-hmm. when he runs with the ball. But like there's certain because sometimes you watch the youth kids and like they're cool and all, but like the ball, like the touch is out in front of them, it's far away from them. Earthy has that thing glued to his feet mm-hmm. at all times. Um, so the way he just runs with it impresses me a lot, and I'm excited to hopefully see more of him, hopefully plays in the preseason next year, and hopefully we're in the Europa League and he can get a few appearances or maybe in the Cup. And just like a special mention to Lewis Orford, too. He's nine goals and ten assists for West Ham youth this season from central midfield. And there's just a lot to be excited about. I mean, there's – um, what's the name of the center back? Uh, Tall Casey. kid. Yeah, Casey. Like, I mean, then there's Hedgy who's an, an international player now, like a senior international. There's a lot to be excited about with these kids. And, you know, there always is when you talk about youth because it's always very, you know, so hopeful. But I think just hearing the way that Noble talked about them and how they let guys go to make room for them, you really hope that you'll see two or three, like, in the first team, in the net, like, in five years. Because, right. like, it, it, hoping for more than three is really, like, you're hoping for, like, class of 92 vibes, right. which is unrealistic. But, you know, Ben Johnson and Declan Rice came from the same-ish, you know, you think Ngakia broke through, he played. Um, he's at Watford, who are not going to come up, which is interesting, as Melisar is going to leave this year, if that interests you at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would love to see two or three of these guys be genuine West Ham players in the squad in four or five years. I think that would be really nice. Right. And it's, it's going to be interesting next year. Next year, I think we'll learn a lot of these players because, you know, they're going to start attracting loan interests after presumably winning this thing. Um, I, Mubamba, I think is a player who is not going on loan. I think. No, 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 no. I think he's playing the team. Um, but other guys like earthy, um, Orford, um, guys on the U21s like Swire could yeah, go they could on loan. Um, Okaflex, I mean, he's kind of in limbo right now. I don't know what's going to happen with him. He might go on another loan next year. I think he's um, going to leave this summer. There's also a good chance of that happening. Continue but, um, to start making space for some of these younger guys. Because who knows, Like maybe the under-16s are good. I don't know if you watched that interview with Noble. He said that he... He trains with these teams. He trains with the teams as low as I think the under 12s or the under 14s. Like does real training because he says that's the best way for him to gauge how good they are. And like, I guess his role is still pretty undefined, but something that he is a very big part of is that youth movement. Um, And he's doing his due diligence. He's out there, like he's playing with these guys on like not a daily basis, but I think it was on the Foz cast, right? The Brent Foster. He literally, when he was leaving, he had his boots with him right next to him. And he was getting ready to go out and train with the under 16s or 18s mm-hmm. that day. Um, and we did bring in we did bring in two under 16 players last summer. Uh, Patrick Kelly and uh, from Manchester City, Daniel Rigg. Oh, yeah. Rigg was like wanted by like 10 clubs. I mean, like there really could be something to be excited about here. Absolutely. And, you know, while the senior team, you know, loss after loss, it's, it's, it's really nice to know that there's at least a little something in the back pocket 
where, you know, God forbid we do go down. A lot of these kids could get a chance, especially with, you know, a lot of players who think they're a little better than they are and wanting out as soon as we go down. Yeah, that, that could be a very interesting talking point uh, if we do go down about who some of these guys could be. which we really haven't talked about at all. Um, talk more about the fear of relegation and what these kids are going to give us after we do go down. Reagan Clayton, no more Aaron Crestwell. Maybe relegation won't be so bad. Um, but are we going to win the Conference League? You know, it truly... I, I think that it's slightly underestimated how, you know, it's going to be a little difficult. It's... Certainly easy to um kind of write it off as being one already because how relatively easy it is. I mean, this is probably gonna be the the easiest European trophy anyone has ever won, ever. You know, but it's there's still good teams in this competition, including uh, Ghent, who we have uh, coming up. They're very impressive in their second leg of of uh, their last tie, and then you go to Nice, who have performed well in Ligue One. Um, Fiorentina, who have just ripped through the conference league, like it's been. I think that they're better than us. They very well could be, and uh, if we do see them in the final, um, I, I, I'm first of all, I'm glad that it's not over two legs because, yeah, you know, that could be. And deep. I, I pray we're in form. Mm-hmm. We do have a few months to just get there, and you know, uh, AZ have you know. A lot of people would have said Lazio were the favorites going into this into the knockout stage, and they pretty much dispatched them quite easily. So that's something to look for, look at as well. I watched that first leg because um, it was actually on Wednesday, um, their their first leg instead of on a Thursday. And AZ, you know, they they look just as good as Lazio. So well, see, that's what I wanted to say was that you know I recently that how easy this competition is like oh we beat Anderlecht twice like we would kill them in the semifinal or oh AZ or nothing like these teams they just beat Lazio and Villarreal who people were afraid of so like a AZ obviously are not a joke they're a very good side um I mean Feyenoord from the same league who people underestimated just went to the final last year and gave Roma a game uh Anderlecht do people know how hard it is to beat a team three or four times in one season. Not a joke. Um, and then on the other side, Fior- I mean, Nice and Fiorentina are both good sides. Like, Nice, I think we're better than, but they might give us some problems. Tareem Mofi scoring against us in the final would be really something. Um, yeah. On this season. And Fiorentina are better than us. Like, I, I genuinely believe that. I think... That the expectation should win the win this should be to win this competition, especially with how crucial it is to our season. Like it really will decide how much of a failure this season has been. Because if we win that competition and we stay in the league, I would call it a success, even if it would probably still be right to move on from Moyes, especially with some of the stuff that's come out recently about the players not trusting him. Um, but 
it's not going to be easy, like you say. And obviously, I would argue we have a better squad than Fiorentina, but man, they've looked really good in this competition this year. I guess so have we. Um, but they're mid-table. We're in a relegation battle. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a good side, and they'll give us problems. Not a team I'm looking forward to playing at all. If we get would, there. Would be great for my mental if they would just get out of this tournament already. Yeah, right. And then we can, and then Terrain Mofi would score against us and beat us, and your mental would be back in the drain. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, how crucial would you say that winning this tournament is to our season? Is it the be-all, end-all? I think not only is it the be-all, end-all to the season, it's the be-all, end-all to, like, the next five years of this of this club. I mean... Just think it's a big deal. People forget because like staying in the league is huge, but like we have players that might not want to hang around and just play a Premier League season. And you know, it's a lot more enticing to go to a Europa League team than it is to go to the team that finished sixteenth in the Premier League, losing their best player. Losing maybe two or three of their best players. Yeah, and that's another thing is that like our pull our pull is gonna disappear if we're not in the Europa League. If we are in the Europa League and we finish 15th, you know, you can still sell that. Mm-hmm. We had two great seasons. Yes, we had a down year. Things were in a transitional period. But look, we still won this trophy. We can win trophies. We're in a European competition again. There's something to be sold there. Finishing 16th and not having European football next year, Moyes will be gone if that happens. I think, you know, it seems like he might go no matter what. Um, which would be very interesting if they finished 12th, won the Conference League, and he went. Um, it'd be very interesting if he won the Conference League and he goes, but seems like a genuine possibility. Um, but, you know, it's hard to sell that to a player of, like, the caliber that we will be interested in signing. Right. I mean, we're back at square one if we don't win this competition. We genuinely are. I agree with that. Okay. And we might be at square negative five if we go yeah. down. Oh, well, yeah. Um, so one of the last things I want to say is the three European competitions, who are your winners? Three European competitions. All right. So um, the Champions League, uh, I think this is City's year. I think Holland is the difference maker. And without the league wrapped up, you know, they still got that fire in their bellies so to speak, uh, to get them over the edge. And um, Europa League, um, it's not to stay, you know, not to be closed-minded, but it's also hard to see United losing that competition. There are some good teams in that competition. Oh, for sure. Um, if, I, if I was to, you know, ignore United for a second, put that aside, I think Leverkusen could easily win that competition as well. They just went Juventus through- don't move you? I think that they're bad, but I think that they're desperate. I think Leverkusen are better than them. Uh, they like I mean, Leverkusen, you know, impressed me certainly. They just went through an absolute dogfight. Yeah, um, no, that that Monaco tie was ridiculous. And just that was just blow for blow, and that that really just impressed me to the point of like you know, if they got through that, I think they can you know might as well go win the entire thing. They they just. They're just supremely talented, um, every almost everywhere on the field. 
I mean, Florian Verts is a hell of a player. He's been linked with Barcelona in the last few days, I'm pretty I sure. Mean, he's truly just like a generational generational talent. and I think he's what a lot of people thought and hoped Havertz would be. Mm-hmm. I know, um, I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, it just feels like they have a legitimate shot at it. Obviously, United are going to be the favorites because of uh, you know how good they've been this season. But yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be either United or Leverkusen coming out of that competition. And for the Conference League, you know, we did just have a discussion about it. I'll keep it brief. Just I'm one awesome. name. Give me a name. West Ham United, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're back. We are back. I'm gonna be unbearable to win that competition, even if we go down. Do you imagine we go down and win that competition? I might have to be like checked into some sort of institution. I, I will be in an institution. Um, Hull away on set on Sunday, and then Juventus away <laughs> on, Thursday. on Thursday. Um, I pose the same question to you: Who's winning these competitions? Preseason, I would have said City. And, you know, part of my mind still thinks City. But the intuition in me, the heart in me, the love for the game in me, it's telling me that Napoli is going to do this thing. They're going to do it. I, you know, I think that they have the elite striker that you need. They have the elite creator that you need. Those who stay fit, there's not many better attacking options in Europe. City have one of the ones that are better. Um, I think that the rest of their team gets very overlooked because of how good those two are. I mean, like in midfield with Anguissa, um, and I'm really impressed with how they've kept their midfield afloat and really improved after losing Fabian Ruiz this summer. Right. I mean, you have uh, Kim and Jay um, at center back. This is a very good side from top to bottom. The spine is strong. Um, not only that, the draw was favorable for them. They are not on City side. They're not on Madrid side. They need to be. Is it they play Inter? Oh, they uh, play. No, uh, Inter play Benfica, and then and then they play AC Milan. Yeah, right. so they play AC Milan, and they'll play the winner of Inter and Benfica if they win. These are teams they should be. I mean, the Serie A ties will be tough. They know each other very well. They're also twenty points clear in Serie A. Right. Um, and I think once you get to a final and a one-off with that kind of narrative, with that with that kind of specialty surrounding everything, Diego Maradona will be smiling down from his cocaine heaven. Um, I think it's all coming together for them to put together a very magical run, and I think it would be a great story for everybody involved if they were to win it. Um, they're certainly who I'm rooting for. Yeah, I think that inside, but. I'm on I'm on the train of this is happening. I think that it's happening. I think that Pep is enough of a freak to, you know, do something weird again. Because I think City will go to the final. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, maybe Pep does something weird and it costs him. And Kavara and Osterman rip them a new one on the counter. It's very, very real. Like, it's so within the realm of possibility that Napoli ripped them to shreds in transition with those two. Um it would also be it would be great for um great for agenda pushing considering you know this Napoli team didn't was in the conference league last year. They did not win it. They did not win it. That's true. So, um 
They maybe. also have former West Ham target, Piotr Zielinski, That's which true. is fun. Uh, he said he wanted to stay to play in the Champions League, and he might be doing a little bit more than just playing in it. Yeah, um, they, win the du- they do the double. He might win the damn thing. Uh, when it comes to the Europa League, I would love to disagree with you and have some discussion here, but Ten Hag is a serial winner. He's a great manager. He's got that team really doing – they're building something over there, which is nice to see. A Premier League with the two best sides being United and Arsenal would be very refreshing compared to City and Liverpool. Definitely. Um, hopefully hopefully this whole Pep thing is over soon and he goes and manages Spain or something. Uh, but – I just can't disagree with that. When it comes to the Conference League, I cannot be um, objective about this. We're winning this thing. Mm-hmm. We're back. We must. We're back. We, we must. We must and we will. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said that, you know, put you on blast here is his idea. And I think it's a pretty damn good idea. Three rapid fire questions to wrap this up. All right. Uh... Rapid fire, like W R. Ah, uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, Could be the name yeah. of our segment. Yeah, uh, put it on uh, the screen. So yeah, we we uh, <laughs> we we prepared three questions each. Um, we neither of us know each other's questions, so hopefully there's no overlap, and we just got to cut this out. But uh, all right, I'll start. Um, player of the year in the Premier League. It's it's you know it's Holland. Okay, I disagree. I, I you disagree? I think it's young Bukayo Saka. I mean, kiss the ring, right? It's true. He's he's been sensational this year. I honestly can't get upset at that pick, but I just think you know he's gonna score thirty five, forty league goals. Can't really give it to anybody else. It's 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 really hard, and I know I really <laughs> that, uh, like you know I I might just be um you might have the better argument. Like, I enjoy your pick. I would love for it to be true. and But, like, it's hard to have a discussion because I'm just going to say it's going to score 40 legal. Yeah, right. But, you know, it's I, – I just feel like Saka has been one of the best performing wingers in the entire world this year. And if they win the league, which is, it's every single every single game that passes, it starts to look more likely that they are going to win the league. He's it's spectacular. Tough. He's truly, truly a special player. The leap that he made from last year to this year, it's it's unprecedented. And you know, not to call back our earlier discussion about uh, Arteta's player development, but just the player that Saka's turned into, it's it's a joke. Um, yeah, all right. no, he's very something special. And he, um, you should know, Bukio Saka was on one of the losing sides in an FA Youth Cup final within the last five years. Oh, very. So these are the kind of talents that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, my question for you is David Moyes. You could sack him tomorrow, would you? No. No, I would not. I I think it's far too late to bring a new manager in. If you asked me this question in January, I would have said yes. But it's just too late. We don't want to look like Crystal Palace bringing in Roy Hodgson. I was going to say Hodgson spooked me. That mm-hmm. spooked me, man. I was like, oh, my God. I sent shivers down my spine. Mm-hmm. All right. I, pathetic. I guess my, my question is somewhat related. Uh, next manager for West Ham United. Michael Carrick. It's got to be. It's the dream. Um, 
you know, it's starting to look like it's going to be Will still and nobody else with the, the way with the way things are going. And um, his you know, if he if he does one more interview, if I see one more tweet with a clip of him and that damn hammer emoji in the tweet, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, I mean, I think he's a good manager, and I think he has a lot of room to improve, and I think he's going to improve. I think it might be a little early for him. I think he would still do a good job with us, but the growing pains could be very frustrating, especially with where we desire to be punching with some of the players that we have. Um, and, you know, Carrick might get promoted, and then we're really not going to be able to get our hands on him unless we play a hefty compensation. Um, but I think, you know, I think Michael Carrick's going to be a really, really good manager. The way that Middlesbrough play is really impressive. Watched them a few times. I mean, it's a very modernized four-two-three-one, which I know hasn't worked out for us that well this year. But the shape may be similar, but the play style is not the same. And I oh, think he could really, I think he could really do something special with this squad. And I think he's going to the top. Right. I mean, we we plan on talking about this more in depth in the future. Man, just watching them, and you really cannot even call what what they do and what we used to do the same thing. It's it's they could it's, not. Be- it's it's two different worlds. They could not be more different. Mm-hmm. Um, my question for you is who are the three teams that are getting promoted three teams getting promoted um, so objectively Burnley, Burnley is certainly going to be I mean yeah it's it's hard to not say it's going to be Sheffield, Burnley and Middlesbrough those are just the three most yeah. impressive teams down there um, who else is in the uh, like Luton Town are in the conversation Millwall are actually in the conversation um, I think Blackburn are in fifth it's gonna be, the playoffs are gonna be good because Brenton Diaz could really turn any game on its head in a moment. So if they get to the final, you know Ben Brenton Diaz might put might put Michael Carrick in our laps. Yeah, if I was to say anyone in that uh, besides Middlesbrough to come up because Blackburn, those two are solid in the in the automatic promotion spots. It's definitely Blackburn, uh, Barrett yeah. and Diaz. I mean, we saw firsthand that. Uh, He's a difference maker. He, ugh. And, you know, I would love to hate on him. And in the summer, I really didn't want him that badly, but he is a damn good player. It's true. Very good player. He's a problem. And he, if they get promoted, they'll be able to keep him around. And, you know, he's probably, an, you know, if they make some good signings, those are the goals that will keep you up. Absolutely. Um, All right, last question for me. Um, Rice leaves in the summer. Next captain. Because, uh, see, it's tough because I think Cresswell and Ogbonna are going to go. My answer would be Angelo Ogbonna. But, like, you know, maybe he, like he's going to leave. Um, wow, dude, we are cooked. This full left of the season. We're so cooked. Oh, my God. Uh, Naya Figuered. I agree. He just exudes the, you know. He's, he's a leader. He is what leaders are made of. Um, okay, Arsenal. Are they going to do it? You know, not to toot my own horn, but if you told me in August that they were doing it, I would have been like, you know what? This is a little far-fetched, but I see it. I, this is a team I've been – You've been high on them for a long you, time. 
if you're a true fan of me personally, <laughs> I, I cannot think of one person that would describe himself that way. But you know, we used to have a little podcast called The Football Friends. If you listen to that, if you were one of the five people listening to that, which I think say thank you, um, you would know how high I was on Arsenal preseason. Um, I said that they were going to finish third. I, I truly did not dream big enough, as they say. <laughs> And I was yeah. down on you. I was like maybe fourth, but I don't see, like I, no. I had them in my top four, but I was like third. You Very adamant say, that you were wrong. Not to put you on blast, but you did say that Tottenham would give them a run, which you know we don't got to talk about hitters. <laughs> but you know the 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 youth on this team, the mixture of youth and the fact that they've been so composed uh, in the title race, they're literally doing the hardest thing that any team can do, and it's it's being chased by City in a domestic yeah. league you know, uh, or in the, in the, in the league. And they've handled it with such grace, with such maturity for the youngest squad in the Premier League. It's truly and every game is truly a cup final for them for the last, mm-hmm. however long. And for the next two months, honorable mention to Ben White and what he's been able to do at right back. As oh, center back. I've been really impressed with him. And honestly, like there's a million players you can praise in this Arsenal team, but I just want to give him a mention because I feel like he does not get enough of it for what he's been able to do technically out of position for them. He's a damn good footballer. And people laughed at them when they spent $50 million on him. People laughed. They laughed at every single – honestly, almost besides Odegaard, every and single time. And Jesus. And Jesus and Zinchenko. I'm thinking more of the summer before. But yeah. they that summer got laughed out of the room. And, man, that, that right back, that right back is something different. Brilliant. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it on. Uh, yeah. We appreciate you guys for listening. Hopefully we'll be back, we'll be back next week. Um, yeah, thank you. For like I said before, follow us on Twitter at hammering underscore away. Check out the blog at hammering-away.com. It'll take you to a WordPress page where we're going to have articles. We're going to post podcasts. There's going to be a lot more content coming out quickly. Okay, so stay okay, tuned. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Spend a lot of money on some damn clothes. Spend a lot of money on some damn clothes. Extend the clip on the Natty Ammo. Extend the clip on the Natty Ammo. Hey, spend a lot of money on some damn clothes. Spend a lot of money on some damn clothes. Extend the clip on the Natty Ammo. Extend the clip on the Natty Ammo. Sexy bitch, she coming out the end of it. She's working all of my English Ooh, I just got another body And she's working that body like a daddy Ay, shut the left and right for the laddie Ay, shut the left and right for your daddy Ay, shut the left and right for your daddy